San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. Welcome into halftime right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Fletcher, sitting in for Michael Jimenez today. I'm joined by Carl Schoening. We are your break to the midday. Carl, this has got to be like one of the biggest days of the year for you. So the NBA draft is Christmas. I think free agency is Hanukkah since it goes out about six or seven days with all the big deals. You know what I mean? What is, is this that like to make your today? birthday? Is, yeah, is today like e- Easter maybe? Uh, Do you get presents on Easter? No, I guess I don't. Your birthday? Yeah, you know, we could go with the birthday, but I always get gifts on my birthday. Valentine's Day? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you get gifts on Valentine's Day, so maybe it's closer to Valentine's Day since it's timing appropriate. But the NBA trade deadline has already delivered gifts to some NBA fans, including the Spurs. Exactly. We have our third trade of the season so far as Carl fill us in with the details as the Spurs make a a pretty big move getting rid of a guy we were wondering if they were actually going to get rid of or not yeah the Thaddeus Young drama is over as I know that there's a lot of people that were wondering since the beginning of the season what was going to happen with Thaddeus Young there there was always the assumption that maybe Phoenix would send him for Jario Scharch in a first round pick uh, I don't think that the Suns were ever interested in giving up a first-round pick, and then the, that would also potentially ruin the Spurs' salary cap. The expectations mm-hmm. versus reality actually are very good when it comes to the reality, because here's the trade. The, according to Shams Charmenia and Woj, the Raptors will receive Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, and the Pistons' 2022 second-rounder from the Spurs, because the Spurs had the Pistons' 22 second-round pick. That was going to be something that I was kind of looking forward to on mm-hmm. draft night. Now I get to get that second-round pick a little bit earlier, because the Spurs will receive Goran Dragic, Toronto's 2022 first-rounder that's protected 1-14. through 14. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason it doesn't convey this year because the Raptors don't make the playoffs, next year it is 1-13 through 13 protected in 2023. And then if it doesn't convey either of those years, it goes into a uh, second-round picks. But so, they are, as of right now, a playoff team firmly right in now. the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they're only going to get better with this trade, theoretically. Yeah, the- theoretically, I-, I believe that this is a trade that makes them better because Dragic wasn't playing. I want to say he only played like five games to start the season. And Woj says that the Spurs are likely to buy out Goran Dragic. Yes. So that it don't don't expect to see Dragic, who was drafted with the Spurs pick and then traded for Malik Hairston. Oh mm-hmm. man, was that 2010? Uh, that that feels like so long ago. Might have been 08, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, it, it looks like it seems at least that Dragic is going to be bought out and then signed with the Mavericks. Exactly. I was going to say that it looks like the favorites to land the buyout of Dragic right now is the Dallas Mavericks, which is fine. Uh, Joe Medellin on our YouTube live feed says third trade. I might have to buy lotto tickets. Mario Cavazos on our Facebook live says what. Are they doing? <laughs> I, I thought it was a good move because obviously you're talking about Thaddeus Young, who 
hasn't been part of the Spurs rotation sure. all year. So you you preserved You're salary cap. First. Yeah, you preserved salary cap space, and you might get a pick that could be somewhere around the late teens, early twenties, depending on how everything figures to shake out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, there's not much more that you could really say. The Spurs basically turned DeMar DeRozan, who's going to be leaving in free agency yep. anyway, into two first-round picks and two second-round picks, and you can't ask for anything better. And they still have all of their own first-round picks. Mm-hmm. So this is a team that is building for the future with with ammunition in terms of draft picks, which can be used either in trades or in the fact to just stockpile and build through the draft, which we've seen the Spurs do multiple times. John Dyer says on our Facebook live feed, let's go get Kai. I I don't want to brag, but most of San Antonio was very upset with a poll that I put out earlier in the week when I heard that Jakob Pertle could be on the move and the Chicago Bulls were offering a first. And I said, hey, the Hornets need help at the center position. Plumley's their big. They need some help. What if you were to get Kai, someone to fill the salary and match it, and a first-round pick? Overwhelmingly, no. It was like above 50%, right? It was above 50%. And I gave them just... Those options. You could no. You gave him a third, third option, option, didn't you? It's oh, like who I don't am care. I? Who menace? Yeah, yeah, right. That's, <laughs> that's what it was, yeah. and that counts as a no, I think. But at the same time, there is now a new report from Hoops Hype that has the Spurs and Hornets talking about Jakob Pertle. You want to fill us in? So, so the rumor is from Hoops Hype. This comes from uh, Mike uh, Scotto mm-hmm. as. He phrases it, I believe it's Jakob Pertle for P.J. Washington, Kai Jones, and a first-round pick. That's the general framework. And obviously, in that scenario, the Spurs would be losing the best player. You send Jakob Pertle to Charlotte, and that's a big blow to your team. Sure. And any real chance of, I think, going after that play-in spot? Because Kai Jones, although he's 6'11", is averaging three minutes a game and has only played in 16 games this year. I actually saw Kai Jones play for the Greensboro Swarm this year, and he wasn't even playing in the fourth quarter of a close game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that there's still a lot of raw talent there with Kai Jones, freak athlete, but the key there, if the trade were to go down, is that first-round pick, which means the Spurs will be stockpiling first. It's not only the first-round pick. P.J. Washington is a huge piece as well. I love me some P.J. Washington. You know, he's a nice floor spacer at the forward spot. I wouldn't be opposed to him being a potential piece going into the future, but he's going into the final year of his rookie deal mm-hmm. next year, which means that... You, you you would probably have to figure out, is he really going to be part of your long-term plans, or are you just doing this for the first-round pick? And then Kai Jones would Both. be very similar. You'd probably want to send him to Austin exactly. based off of how things are going with him. But, hey, he did go to the you know UT, and I'm sure he would feel comfortable playing in Austin. But he's also very athletic, and the Spurs don't have a freak athlete like Kai Jones. I love me some P.J. Washington. I think he's... He's a good shooter. He's a good shooter. He's a good defender. Good size. Great size. Something that the Spurs could use, especially if you're losing a Jakob Pertle, is some more size. It helps also kind of transition, in my opinion, Keldon to his more natural three spot than a four. And I do see the possibility of P.J. Washington being like a Mikhail Bridges, in a sense. 
and a guy that just he's he's a guy that gives you something. Plus, you're getting a first round pl- t- pick. Plus, you are getting a lottery ticket in Kai Jones. He was a projected lottery pick. He has underwhelmed to this point, but. The Spurs are, A, great at developing talent. You send them to Austin for a little bit. That could be huge, and I would not be upset if that trade went down. So it looks like to me, because I'm just pulling up the basketball reference page for P.J. Washington, he had a really good rookie year, averaged 12 points per game. He slightly improved on that his sophomore year at 12.9 points per game. Mm -hmm. And this is the first year that he's actually not averaging double figures, but it's really close at 9.9 points per game. So you're talking about a role player guy that for his career shoots 38% from three. This year he's shooting 38.6%. Last year he shot 38.6%, and he shoots over four threes a game. So that's actually a, a shooter at a forward spot that could sort of help the Spurs with uh, their need to find better three-point shooters because obviously we talked about it earlier. The first trade of this entire trade season yep. for the Spurs was Bryn Forbes, the team's best shooter, first second-round pick from the Nuggets. And then and? they were able to flip Juancho Hernan Gomez, who there came over go. in that trade, to now the Blazers, and they were able to get a Utah twenty twenty seven second round pick. So basically, Bryn Forbes for two second round picks, and then today Thaddeus Young for a first round pick. And I think stockpiling all of these draft picks is the best way to work it because the draft in this NBA salary cap age is the best way to find good talent to fill out your roster. Mm-hmm. That. Really, it, they've become more valuable than they've ever become, especially those first round picks. I'm really interested to see if the Spurs are done making trades or if this is just the tip of the iceberg. And because there, there have been rumors, and we can't really speak to the nope. validity of these rumors because they're not from like a Woger or Shams, mm-hmm. but there's talk of the Atlanta Hawks being interested in Derek White. Yep. There is the thought process that. Maybe the the Spurs might make that Yaka Pertle trade. There's plenty yep. of teams that want Yaka Pertle because he is one of the best centers, especially considering his price point. So I I don't know if the Spurs are going to find a move that they like because there is some part of me that thinks that the Spurs are still going to try for a play in tournament game, but that's a best case scenario. Unfortunately, at this point, outright making the playoffs doesn't seem mathematically possible unless the Spurs go on. Easily their biggest winning streak of the season. I do like this team. I, I wish that there weren't so many COVID, you know, whether it's on COVID uh, health and safety protocols among the coaches mm-hmm. or the players. Didn't seem like the big chunk of this season up to this point. They've been able to really build on chemistry. However, if they set themselves up, I think I was checking it out this morning. If they were to like renounce the rights to their free agents, they would be somewhere around forty million dollars in cap space. If you if you were mm-hmm. to maybe have that, that opens up a lot of trade possibilities. It makes you one of the major players in free agency signings this summer, and I think the rebuild could be a lot quicker than if. You know, some people who look at this team just based off of what's on paper with their record, only 20 wins and things like that. The the Spurs do have some stuff here, some pieces moving forward, and now building on these two first-round picks this upcoming draft, 
I, I like the way this team's future is going to be shaping out. And we'll just see if maybe they're they're done for today because we're going to keep an eye on our Twitter notifications or if there's more going on. Quinn Hudson, host of the Sunday Sports Grill, asks, what are the expectations for any second-round pick when the Spurs barely want to play primo? Here's the thing, Quinn. Second-round picks are useful in a bunch of different ways. Nikola Jokic was the second-round pick. Draymond Green was the second-round pick. You look at Manu Ginobili being a second-round pick, and I get it, not all players are going to be that player, but you also see second-round picks flipped for cash a lot of times in that second round, especially when you have a multitude of second round picks. People come up and buy them from you, so you get money for them. Somewhere around pick 45, it becomes a home run contest. You're you're just swinging for the fences on guys that you think might be talented enough to develop into something. After after pick 45, you really are getting into a crapshoot. Sure. However, the way the it's Spurs It's like the have... 7th round of the NFL draft. Yeah. Like you're you're ba- you're drafting based on I see something can I mold that something into something else? But let's look at the Spurs' second-round picks that they've acquired this year. Obviously, the 2022 Bulls' second-round pick that they got in the DeMar DeRozan trade is likely to be somewhere in the late, I don't know, 40s into the 50s, perhaps. Uh, that That's really where we're looking at uh, that pick probably falling, depending on how they finish off their season. It'll probably be in the 50s. However, they got a 2025 first and second round pick from the Bulls. So they own the entire 2025 NBA draft from Chicago, <laughs> and that could be a pretty good deal because... Who knows where this team will be in four years? Or I guess that's, I guess that's three years. Man, we're in 2022. But <laughs> that, that's not too bad. But then the other picks you look at, are the Nuggets still going to be good in 2028? Was that the pick that they got Bryn Forbes for? And then are the Blazers going to be, you know, I mean, the Blazers, it's irrelevant. The, or we're the, still talking about second round picks. We're Carl. talking about second round picks, but the, the way Brian Wright decided to select these picks in the future could be better sure. second round picks than where those teams project right now so the jazz and the nuggets those are going to be in 2027 and 2028 not as good as they are right now you would expect look at the rockets picks and pick swaps it's all they have a lot it's all a lot from brooklyn that they you know brooklyn's going to be good for the next few years so some of those pick swaps won't convey mm-hmm. but you look further down the road james harden already wants out Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving coming up on player options. These five years, six years down the road, you don't know what they're going to be. They may be a dumpster fire. The Rockets in the Westbrook for Wall swap that is being talked about want that Lakers 2027 first round pick because the Lakers salary cap is gone at that point. Like they, they've got all this money tied up in LeBron and everybody through these contracts. And at some point, those guys aren't going to be there, and they're hoping that that turns into something else. That's why you get future picks. I get it, but be happy. They have ammunition. Ammunition is used to trade, move up and down the board to trade for other players. Look at these players right now, today, going for second-round picks that you could possibly acquire later down the road when other players' contracts are coming up or looking to be moved at the deadline. And it frustrates me anytime we bring up 
the conversation of first round or not first round picks, ca- salary cap space, and people are just like, no one's going to sign in San Antonio. A, not with that attitude. B, salary cap space is more than just free agent signings. It's also the ability to make trades. So just hypothetically, let's say Ben Simmons isn't moved today for James Harden. We haven't even dived into that one. That's going to be an interesting conversation. But let's just say, for example, that Ben Simmons is going to stay put in Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. the 76ers would like to open up that cap space to chase James Harden as a free agent. They're going to need to move Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. So a team like the Spurs or the Blazers, who made all of these moves to get salary cap space, could essentially just absorb a Ben Simmons and send a lot of first-round picks and and create the salary cap for Philadelphia to maybe go after a James Harden. And thus, that salary cap space wasn't used on a free agent. It was to, essentially, your free agent signing was a trade for, it seems like every few months, a star players requested a trade in the NBA. So having that salary cap space around the draft is a pretty solid idea. It's never a bad thing to have salary cap space. While not being used to lure a free agent, it can be used in a multitude of other ways. Look, John Collins just signed that massive extension in Atlanta. All of a sudden, Atlanta may be looking to move John Collins. All of a sudden, you have the oh, cap got space a bomb. to I... be able to then do that. Oh, so we got a woes bomb, I, though. I, I, I get know. it, buddy. <laughs> Hold on. I've I've got effects. You can just send me a, a verbal, uh, a visual cue. It's a big one, though. I understand. That's why I have to use the. Look, we spend a lot of money <laughs> to use these pre-produced and voice guy things, so I need to get these in. So. This is breaking news from San Antonio Sports Star. I am a happy Philadelphia 76ers fan as this one comes straight from Woj. The Brooklyn Nets are trading James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round pick sources tell ESPN. The Nets' Sean Marks swindled Daryl Morey. This is what Daryl Morey does to everybody. But either way... It looks like the 76ers will get out of the Ben Simmons saga and James Harden will be a 76er by Saturday. That's well, fantastic today, by the end them. of the day. That's fantastic for them. Look, you look at this, James Harden gets what he wants yet again. This is his MO now. And mm-hmm. as a Sixers fan, if things don't go well this year, if things between Embiid and Harden don't work out the way you would like, there is the possibility that you could lose James Harden, Ben Simmons, for nothing more than Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, right? Sorry, go. Or, or, or yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, Seth, I'm sorry. Seth Curry and Drummond are going to the yeah, Nets. Going to the Nets, but you you end up losing Simmons, or yeah, you end up losing Simmons, Curry, Drummond, and two first round picks. Yeah, and it looks like and the Nets if, are including Harden, Paul Millsap in the deal, too, which is not, not a big deal. And for if the Sixers. Harden decides at the end of the year with his player option that he is not he is not happy as he thought he would be in, New, in uh, Philadelphia, you just lost two firsts, Ben Simmons, like all of this trade value that you had for basically half of a season. You, you know... Being a 76ers fan has been a roller coaster. You obviously had the process, 
And then once the process had somewhat worked in terms of getting those high-value picks, Joel Embiid sat out two years. Ben Simmons sat out a year. Ben Simmons sat out this year because of a trade demand. I, I watch these 76ers right now, and they just don't have a second star. They keep Tyrese Maxey. They lose a shooter, and they don't get yep. back a shooter. I was thinking they might get Patty Mills. It looks like that's going to be Paul Millsap in this case. That's a little annoying. However, Gives James, you some depth in the front court. Yeah, James Harden is is really the key. Well, losing Andre Drum is a bigger deal than he's been playing great as the backup for Embiid. But, you know, they the Sixers have been missing a second star. And ever since... The Embiid had really shown what he was going to be in the NBA. A player like a James Harden has really been somebody that I would call a dream matchup. This is the dynamic duo one-two punch Mm -hmm. that can win the East. And this was not something that I could say about the 76ers in terms of maybe winning the East without a trade like this. So as a 76ers fan, it's nice to have the Ben Simmons saga done. And Daryl Morey holding out for a star, even though he gave up the picks and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond on top of it for Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons. You get James Harden, who is arguably one of the best scorers in this league's history. And if he's motivated... I think in this particular case, he'll be motivated to at least finish out the season strong. You know you're going to have a good player to pair with Embiid. Yeah, and it's great. Like it, In theory, this is a fantastic thing. James Harden is one of the most prolific scorers in NBA history. And I, as a Rockets fan, I have seen a lot of James Harden. I love me some James Harden, even when a lot of people didn't. He is crafty. He is heady. His defense doesn't get enough credit mm-hmm. at times, but he is also moody. And, <laughs> I can agree and, with on, that. and on top of that, he doesn't play well with others. He is at his best when he is the sole focus of a team. So playing with another star, it didn't work in Brooklyn, it didn't work in Oklahoma City, and it didn't work in Houston, multiple different variations of it, whether it was Dwight Howard or Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook. All three went south, and they went south very quickly. So pairing him with Embiid, it is a huge gamble for Daryl Morey, and Daryl Morey knows this better than anybody because he's had to deal with it for a long time in Houston and watching it flame out three separate times. And I wonder if Daryl Morey is the key here to maybe keep James Harden happy. Because if you remember, there was just a max exodus in Houston this summer. I'm sure you, you remember. Maybe it was last summer where Morey was gone, D'Antoni was gone. Yep. He, di- he didn't even leave for another head coaching job. He left for the assistant coaching job in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Morey retired for two weeks before he took that job. And then James Harden was like Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air just looking around. Where's everybody at right now? Because they had also traded Russell Westbrook away from Houston. So I get what happened in Houston. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just speculating. But it's not just Houston. Look at everywhere he's been. Yeah, well, it has he, not gone well. He wanted a max contract with Oklahoma City, and they weren't willing to give him that. So that's why and, he moved out of Oklahoma City. He, he moved out of Oklahoma City because of that. And I know this personally because... I followed it very closely as they were trying to trade for him. He was unhappy with his sixth man role and thought that he deserved to be the front of his own team. And what do you know? He's actually right about that for the most part. Although what kind of a dynasty that would have been had he been a Manu Ginobili sixth man role, we never know. But on top of that, I wonder if 
maybe Harden just got frustrated in New Jersey, or excuse me, Brooklyn this year, because Kyrie Irving refused to get the shot. And you know that that's probably something mm-hmm. that's a, a conversation among the people. If you're talking about Kyrie Irving only playing road games for mm-hmm. an indefinite amount of time, although I understand that New York might be lifting those, mm-hmm. something happened to where James Harden doesn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore. We heard rumblings, and and then you know finally fruition today. But the most amazing thing out of all of this, and I know we're up against it, so I'll just kind of wrap it up. This morning, Woj tweeted out that James Harden didn't want to formally ask for a trade request because he didn't want there to be a public backlash of requesting two trades from it's two franchises there, in though. two years. Who do you think told Woj? <laughs> <laughs> it's already out there, though. Look at yesterday with Brian Windhorst when he came on and said the extent of unhappiness that James Harden has, he wants out in the worst possible way. This is an exact quote for Brian Windhorst. Like, it's already out there. You can't put that toothpaste back into the tube. <laughs> and it's just incredible to see that the biggest domino has fallen in this trade market so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because of the leverage that James Harden holds and if things don't go according to plan the rest of the second half of the season that's this offseason may even be more interesting than this coming postseason the the NBA offseason is always the most interesting part of the NBA even though basketball isn't being played I thoroughly love the draft and all of that stuff I want to apologize for cutting you off on oh, that Woj bomb. I just got really excited I, now I we know tell. what the sign is now, now we know what the sign is though because give me we have, we have something do a jumping jack I don't care <laughs> We have an hour and a half of Woj Bombs left, most likely. We're going to have Jeff Garcia join us at 1.30. This is halftime here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Stick with us, y'all. No one covers the Bengals and Rams more than a little sports station down in San Antonio, Texas. Always have San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back to Halftime right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. It is a crazy, crazy day. It is NBA trade deadline day. It is Carl's... It's your birthday. Let's go with that. It's your birthday. Yeah, because I I thought we said Valentine's Day. You know, it's a good day to show love to the NBA. You might get a gift. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel stood up because somebody like teased you with a trade and they didn't show up. Speaking of Valentine's Day, John on Twitter reaches out at SA Sports Star. He is at Carl ESPN. I am at I am Pledger. Says if Brian Wright gets a third 2022 first rounder, Kai Jones and PJ Washington, which there are reports that there is a trade being discussed with the Hornets for Jakob Pertl. John says he's driving to San Antonio with a dozen roses and a box of chocolates for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think a lot of people owe Brian Wright an apology because he's really been in... The hologram? <laughs> yeah, that's what Michael Jimenez calls him. <laughs> Obviously, the Spurs are not an organization where leaks get out. I-, I can tell you as someone who works within the Spurs organization, I don't know anything because they just know 
how to keep those things quiet. I just speculate along with the rest of you because I'm on the radio and I'm on Twitter and stuff. Oh, you don't talk to people in the organization? I do. No. Oh, do you? Good yeah, for you. I've, I've got insights. Yeah. Wait, okay. how do you think I know about this Charlotte thing? Yeah, though? sure, sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you should go to Vegas <laughs> if it actually goes down. Dude, but, if this goes down, I am going to be insufferable. <laughs> but, but what a good day it is for the NBA. You have the blockbuster with Ben Simmons and James Harden that just went down. If you didn't hear about it, Ben Simmons was traded to Brooklyn with... Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. James Harden goes to Philadelphia to be paired up with Joel Embiid. So you have two MVP-caliber players playing in Philadelphia. And then if you look at it from the Spurs' angle, there's the Thaddeus Young for Goran Dragic. And the Spurs had the Pistons' 2022 second-round pick this year, which was going to be in the 30s, and they were able to move up somewhere around 10 to 15 spots by taking on the... Raptors lottery protected 2022 first round pick but then yeah rumors are just kind of floating around as to what else the Spurs might do which uh, you, you see Derek White in the conversations and uh, if you listen to Michael Jimenez Derek White doesn't have much uh, trade value in his eyes but if you listen to people around the league that they'll say that Derek White is somebody that can help out a contender or a playoff team and try and help them with their push so I understand why Somebody like a Atlanta might want to pair up Derek White with Trey Jones. He can kind of go two combo guards in the backcourt there. And one of them very defensive oriented to help I, Trey I, Young. I say Trey Jones, Trey Young. Thank you very much. You know, uh, and then there are the situations where the uh, teams might just say, hey, you know, this is fine. We're going to go into. Instead of making a hasty move just to make a move, we're going to go into the post-trade deadline part of the season with the guys we got. And if we really do want to trade somebody later on, that's where we're going to do it. In the offseason, when there's a little bit more flexibility to do things, teams will have salary cap space, or teams will be looking to open up some salary cap space, and you know, I think it's a little easier to negotiate three or four team trades. But just listening to Woj this morning on uh, J. Will, Keyshawn, and Max, KJM, it's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, I should say, uh, it seems like a lot of teams have a big old whiteboard, and they have all of their potential trades that they might be in, and they're just mulling it over because there's a lot of three-team, a lot of four-team frameworks that for trades that we're never going to hear about. And Woj obviously hears about them, but at the end of the day, they're all conversations that are ongoing. And then uh, I want to say earlier last night I saw that the Mavericks were interested in trading Kristaps Porzingis for Pascal Siakam and Goran Dragic. And that didn't happen, obviously, because the Spurs traded for Goran Dragic. So now, is Porzingis still on the trade block? Is there something that they might be able to get? Or is Porzingis stuck being a Maverick? You didn't get your mm -hmm. guy in Pascal Siakam, so now is Porzingis going to still pull in somebody on that level? I don't think so. I think that that's a tougher contract to trade. A little bit of context to the trade, uh, the big trade that went down between the Nets and 76ers. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN says the Nets get the Sixers 2020 first round pick unprotected, or I'm guessing 2022 first round pick unprotected with a right to defer until 2023. A 2027 first round pick protected one through eight. And that 2027 pick will roll over to 28, protected one through eight again. And it turns into two seconds 
and $2 million in 2029. I almost feel like this is in college football when you see that, hey, Texas and Alabama have scheduled a game for 2027. I'm like, okay, wake me up when it's 2027. You know, with all these picks going down, you forget that this happened. It'll be 2027 by the time we realize James Harden is out of the league and Joel Embiid is uh, in his twilight of his career, and the Nets are like, hey, we have your pick from that. But in terms of the way the team, uh, the way the deal is structured, or the way the pick is conveyed, this one this year is going to be a very late first round pick that they're giving up, obviously, and then that one in 2027. The team has the hopes of obviously still being good. You're going to have Ben Simmons for five years left on that deal. No, this is the first of a four-year extension, if so, I'm not mistaken. So they'll have him this year and three more years. So you've got him up to that pick. You hopefully resign him, keep that team big, and then all of the sudden that pick turns into two seconds and two million dollars. This is breaking news from San Antonio Sports Star. This one comes from Shams Charmenia of The Athletic. The Boston Celtics are trading Josh Richardson to San Antonio for Derek White. That's it? Uh, that's the first tweet that came out a minute ago. You know how Shams is. He has to tweet out the, the headline, and then we're going to get the body of the article here in a minute. So uh, I don't know if the Celtics are going to be maybe throwing something else in, but you remember the Celtics made a move earlier, Bull Bull and P.J. Dozier, mm-hmm. to Orlando, and the Magic now have those two players. That opens up a roster spot for this trade. We'll see what else there is, but that means Derek White is on the move, according to Shams. Shams has been wrong about the Spurs before. Last year during the trade deadline, he said that Trey Lyles was going to be moved to the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, these are far from official, but usually... Uh, that is something that here here we go again chris haynes now confirms it boston trading josh richardson and a first round pick there we to go. san antonio for Derek white there sources said. Is. and is josh richardson on an expiring deal he just signed a contract didn't he wasn't he with the mavericks last he was year with and, the mavericks. and this is the first year of a contract with uh boston is that right yeah i believe so i believe so you'll have to double check yeah. to make sure I'm going to check it out right now. We're doing some producing on the fly. I I did not have Josh Richardson on my bingo card going to San Antonio, but another first-round pick is certainly an interesting sway there. And then on top of that, Brooklyn, according to Woj, is still looking to make some aggressive moves now that they're armed with two Philadelphia second or first-round picks. So they're not done wheeling and dealing either. And we'll see once my salaries load up what it's looking like with Josh Richardson. But I do think that Derek White to Boston, we've heard rumors nonstop, it seems, of DeJounte Murray being a target of Boston. But now, Derek White going to Boston, I suppose that, um, you know, it's it, it hurts me a little. I love D. White. I saw him win a championship in Austin. Uh, I, I followed him since his uh, summer league days. This one... This one stings a little pledge. I'm going to miss D. White. I really am. D. White was a solid person. and Above a solid person, but a great player. A solid player. Solid player and a great person. Mm -hmm. Sorry. But you look at it, and Josh Richardson, what they're getting, you know, another 6'6 forward guard combo type guy that they can use. He's 
you know, 12, 13 point in his, in his best season over 16 points with the, uh, with Miami back in 2018, 19. So I'm not sure exactly. Do you have the, the contract details on him yet? Yeah, he is going to be making, um, he makes 11.6 this year. He has one more year in his contract, uh, 12.1 according to hoops hype. But the first round pick is obviously yes. the yeah the the first round pick is obviously the thing here. The Spurs are just accumulating assets here. That's uh, beyond a bummer because I really do enjoy watching Derek White play basketball. He's just a monster defensively. I thought he was creative offensively, but and good for Ime yeah. Udoka to to pull him in because he feels like a guy that Boston is missing right now. That, that's what I was about to get at. This makes a lot of sense for the future of D. White. He gets to sort of be the steady hand that works with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I would imagine... They this, don't really have a distributor yeah, on that team. I, I was about to say, I imagine this makes him a point guard with that squad. I'm going to be watching a lot more Boston Celtics games. <laughs> and by the way, the best thing about the Boston Celtics, if you're a league pass person, watch their, their home broadcast. It's usually broadcast Brian Scalabrini, along with, I blank on his name, but it is a very native Boston accent play-by-play guy. Uh, he, he is smart. Yeah. Wicked smart? Yeah, yeah. So it's really it's really fun to watch the Celtics, no matter what the score is, because he's a very Boston's type. I, I enjoy Northeast accents, but Boston is among my favorite for actual play-by-play jobs because I don't know if he could actually pull off his accent anywhere else in the country. Because it's so unique, those Boston accents. But yeah, you know, uh, hey, uh, bummer to see D. White go. Let's see. Um, it says that Boston will also send Romeo Langford to San Antonio, according to Chris Haynes. So Romeo Langford was a first round pick, I believe, two years ago. And, uh, he's out of St. John's, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. a solid kind of scoring guard. But, uh, he's obviously caught up in the, just talent that they have at those positions. So it's also making the numbers work. Yeah, yeah, it's it's making the numbers work a little bit there too. But let, let me see where do we have Romeo Langford? He is on his rookie deal, so this is his sophomore year. And uh, yeah, you know that that's a uh, that's another Spurs trade. What is that four? That he, is now the he, fourth Spurs trade. As we're still waiting on possibly one to two more, at least that I could possibly see going through at some point. Those being Jakob Pertl, and the other I could see happening is some type of Lonnie Walker deal. Well, this is what I I kept telling you know guys like Rob and like uh, Michael Jimenez. Just because the Spurs haven't done a trade in the past doesn't mean they won't be super active at this point. Previously on this, you know, episode of San Antonio Spurs, they were contenders. They had a pretty set <laughs> roster and they were maybe trying to figure out how they could get somebody that could really help them without giving up anybody that is already helping them. In this particular case, the Spurs are trying to make the play in spot and I, I understand that this is just, uh, the the scenario that you do, you're almost a seller to get these first round picks for your future. Does Primo get more time with this quickly? I imagine that that, that does makes... he end up back in Austin at any point this year? I I imagine he doesn't. It doesn't seem likely with Derek White's exodus. Yeah, it, it just doesn't seem likely. You know, he was actually scheduled to play Iowa uh, in Iowa the day that he was called back, and that was right before the start of the road trip and right before the trade deadline. 
And, and it's a bummer because, you know, these guys, they've set roots here in San Antonio. The Derek White was a draft pick in 2017, and, uh, you know, we, we signed him to an extension, and he was a solid player for the Spurs, but uh, it's a business at the end of the day, and I just wish D. White the best of luck moving forward. And Devin Vassell, uh, Miggy, our guy, on our YouTube live feed says, with Vassell showing so much, he needs more minutes. That trade of Derek White makes a whole lot of sense. I agree with you, Miggy. Devin Vassell needed to be in the starting lineup. I think this opens up a spot for him. We'll find out what's going to happen with Jakob Pertl as the day goes on. NBA trade deadline is approaching for Carl Schoening. You can follow him on Twitter at Carl ESPN. I am at I am Pledger. You can tweet at us at the station at SA Sports Star. When we come back, there's some things happening in the NFL. Of course, Radio Row going on strong. We've got a lot of guys coming. We're going to keep a close eye on what's going on with the deadline and what other possible moves could be coming down the pipe for the San Antonio Spurs. That's all coming up right here, including Jeff Garcia of Ken's Five. He's going to be jumping on at 1.30 to kind of break down what's been going on and how Brian Wright has been extremely active today. That's all coming up here on Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. 12.50 ESPN San Antonio and 103.3 FM. This is Joe Reinagle on your home for everything that matters in sports. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back into San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. You're locked into halftime, your break from the midday. He's Carl Schoening. I'm James Pledger. We're sitting in for Michael Jimenez today, who is busy out on Radio Row in L.A., as they've got a lot coming to you today. As a matter of fact, looking at some of the guests we got lined up over the next few days, Warren Moon, Jake Plummer, LeGarrette Blunt, mm-hmm. Kix Brooks from Brooks and Dunn, Mel Renfro, Icky Woods, James Edward, uh, Edward James Olmos, Michael Buffer. Michael what? Buffer. We're not allowed to say it. Yep, low, low charges. I just stopped it there. Uh, Tim Byers, uh, uh, Andrew Zimmer, Diplo, Mike Golick, Pac-Man Jones. Like, they are going for days out at Radio Row. It is awesome. But we always like it when you're a part of the conversation. A lot been going on in the NBA. I know we've been very, very heavily centric, but news is fr- flying at us left and right. Lots to react to. Oh, the Super you want to react to right. <laughs> 656-ESPN-210-656-3776. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open to you. And we had reaction to the James Harden trade. Welcome on to halftime. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you loud and clear. Okay. All right, yeah, now, and first I say this, the Spurs have and always will be my team. I go back to the Larry Keenan, Iceman days, but I am an NBA fan. Dr. J, probably outside of the Iceman, my idol. Having said that, I'm actually happy for the Harden trade, and I'm happy for you, Carl. And let me tell you why. I, I don't see it as a problem like Pledge was saying, how it's going to work out. I think mm-hmm. it's more of a problem for Brooklyn now because they're both primary ball handlers. How's that going to work out when Kyrie does play? With Embiid, 
you can do the pick and roll and thunder is coming down. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I love it. And I, I, I'm excited and I can't wait for it. But also, I just can't work today. My <laughs> Twitter feed has been blowing up. My son's messaging me. I, I'm seriously thinking of just calling in the rest of the day. Hey, thanks, thanks for the shout out, guys. Love y'all. Keep it going. Hey, we Thanks still so got, much for we the only call. got an hour left. You know, if you can power through an hour of distracted <laughs> work, you should be okay after that. And then you can kind of decompress. I already saw on Twitter, uh, one of my buddies uh, that's on Spurs Twitter, Eric Salina, says, I need a beer. <laughs> it's, it's been a rough day. It's not a rough day, but, you know, it, it is a bit of a bummer for D. White fans today. You know, uh, hopefully he has a lot of success mm-hmm. in Boston. Zach Lowe reports that that is a top four protected 2022 first round pick that came over with Josh Richardson and Romeo nice. Lankford. So that means. Don't got to worry about that for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. That, that means that the Celtics would have to miss the playoffs and then win the, get, win the lottery, which determines the top four spots. So, and adding yeah. a Derek White helps them in their playoff chase, I would think. As, yep. as we look at it, and I'd like to get your your thoughts on this as what he said. Yes, Harden and Embiid in the pick and roll is going to be a very good thing. In terms of Simmons, though, I see him working very well in New Jersey, well Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. But the I see him working extremely well with the Nets because a yes he is a point forward as you would say in, in most senses, and Kyrie Irving still. It, as of right now, can only play in half of the game. So you're going to need somebody to take over that role when he's not there. He can do that very efficiently and doesn't necessarily need to shoot. So that works out very well for them, I think. He does a lot of other things defensively, rebounding, and also he he can play the four pretty 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 easily right now for him when Kyrie is in the lineup so i think it's going to be kind of a nice ebb and flow between when Kyrie's in and out with them yeah we'll start off with the the first part of that ball handling james harden with a pick and roll as a screener for Joel Embiid is something that they never did with Ben Simmons. He was the point guard. He wasn't a point forward. He was the point guard mm-hmm. with that team. And then when he wasn't the initiator on offense, he just kind of stood around. I, I didn't really understand Doc Rivers' role with Ben Simmons. It didn't seem like they really communicated well. And, and I honestly thought that, that that played a big part into why he wanted to be traded, not just the Atlanta series, but everything leading up to that, where they, they just kind of didn't really seem like it, it was a fit with coach and player. Now, when you're talking about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you can sort of slide Ben Simmons into that Draymond Green role where, yeah, if he gets the rebound and he wants to push the break, he can be the offensive initiator. But more often than not, I see him sort of playing out of the high post pivot uh, being a distributor, he's one of the best passers in the league, and he will be somebody that I think plays really well with Kyrie and KD, who are going to be the primary ball handlers when they're on the court. Before we go to break, we got one more phone call on the Kielbasa Bacon phone line, 656-ESPN-210-656-3776. Eddie dialed him up. Eddie, what's going on, man? What do you think of the Spurs moves? Well, hey, man, first of all, great show today. I think uh, having you guys today is perfect, uh, especially with all of Carl's knowledge on the Spurs uh, and yours as well, James. But I, I, I'm, I'm better. I'm a little torn by this because I think all of the moves have been great. The Derek White one, I'm not too sure, only because, you know, I get it. As a Spurs nation, we've all been complaining about his play up to this point. But 
DeJounte seems to really like Derek White, and he seems to be a little upset. He just tweeted an eye emoji a few minutes ago. But, you know, it is what it is. Derek White, maybe he can have better success in Boston. And by the Spurs getting a bunch of draft picks, maybe they hit on one or two, and that's how we got to rebuild because obviously it's the Spurs don't give free agents really to come down here. So I'm torn about D. White, but I think overall – I think it's been a great day for the Spurs. Appreciate the phone call, Eddie. Of course, if you want to sound off on what has been a, a abnormally busy day for the San Antonio Spurs this time of Two year. Two trades in a day. Two trades in a day. Four, three on the season. Four on the four season. on the season. Four on the season. It's just hard to keep up with Ryan Wright's doing so much. We're going to continue to talk about this. Keep an eye on what's going on. Woj and Shams are their alerts are set. We're ready to break any news as it happens. Plus everything live from Radio Row. A Best Bail Bonds big game coverage live in LA rolls on all week long. It is brought to you in part by Texas Cheer Liquor, the Nearside app, and of course, as always, it is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. We're coming back with more right after this on Halftime with San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Michael Jimenez. Halftime! Welcome back into Halftime. This is Half 2. I'm James Pledger, singing for Michael Jimenez, joined by my man Carl Schoening. The producers have taken over the show. Mm-hmm. That's right. On what is an incredibly, incredibly efficient day. Valentine's Day, your birthday, whatever we want to call it, is NBA trade deadline day. And we are nearing the trade deadline as the Spurs have been hyperactive with four trades overall. Two alone today. Three within the last couple of days. And the Spurs are now have a gluttony in in their war chest as it pertains to draft capital. So, as it stands, they own their own first-round pick for this 2022 NBA draft. A likely top-ten lottery pick. They are also likely to get the Celtics, which is only top-four protected pick. And the Celtics right now are in the play-in tournament as the seven seed. Mm -hmm. And today, with the Thaddeus Young trade, they were able to get Goran Dragic, who will most likely be bought out, and a lottery-protected first round pick so if the Raptors make the playoffs which we expect them to we expect them to that'll come to San Antonio as well so we're talking about three first round picks in this year's draft and yeah you know future drafts when you look at the when you look at the Bulls picks Uh, yeah that's right Chicago gave the Spurs their 2025 first round pick for DeMar DeRozan so you know Brian Wright it seems like he's been given the boat of confidence that he'll be here a few years to be the GM for the Spurs because a lot of his draft picks in the second round are like in 2027 and 2028. Better start scouting those middle school tournaments. <laughs> the most recent of the trades is fan favorite Derek White finding his way into Boston, as you mentioned. You get that first. You get Romeo Langford, a young guy, and Josh Richardson, kind of that that three you know, six six kind of. Th- he plays a small forward, and, and maybe he can roll out to the two if yeah, you need him. He's a bit of a journeyman, honestly. Uh, Josh Richardson, Raptors, yeah, he, yeah, yeah uh, Sixers, Mavericks. He, uh, I meant yeah, Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's um 
He's a solid player, and I understand that. Solid. Yeah, the, the accumulation of Romeo Langford, who's only 22 years old in his third year in the NBA, and a first-round pick. Derek White is a good player. He's the best player in the deal, but he's going to mm-hmm. help out a playoff team like Boston. He is, and you're getting a first-round pick. And I've said it for a few years now, Derek White reminds me a lot of George Hill in terms of he is a great dude, he is a very good player, he is a fan favorite, but I don't think he's a part of the future unless he was part of something that netted them the future, and that might just might have. C. Cole TX78 says the Spurs are pretty much hitting reset. I'd take potential and athleticism and Kai Jones and another pick and take a chance on uh, P.J. Washington and that pick. He is obviously alluding to Hoops Hypes, reported interest in Jakob Pertl as Jakob Pertl is being rumored to the Charlotte Hornets in exchange for P.J. Washington, a first-round pick, and Kai Jones, who was a projected lottery pick last year out of the University of Texas. He has not lived up to that as of yet, but a fourth first-round pick? How many first-round picks does Brian Wright need? And then, yeah, you know, you're talking about... How many do the Thunder need? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) They they have, like, 17 over the next seven years. Plus, Uh, when you talk about these picks, though, how many do they need? Even if you get all four in this year's draft, look at what the Thunder did last year. There were They had a a pick that was Alperin Shingun sliding down the board, and he was perceived to be a top-ten-type talent. Somebody decided they wanted to move up from the back end of the first... And actually, the Rockets retained their home first and moved up and got him. They gave away future first in order to move up. The Spurs can use these picks if there's not somebody that they like to trade for more future first-round picks later. So don't think that all the first that they may acquire maybe end up being used next year. These are just chips to use for future moves a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. You know, And also it's great trade capital in terms of acquiring players. Yeah, so many deals happen that we're not privy to on draft night or communicated, I should say, necessarily if they happen. We know about them, obviously. <laughs> and uh, Gabriel Chacon asked, where's Jeff Garcia? Bet he's busy today. Is he still on for 1.30? He is he still has a lot on of writing as to do. of right now. He will be joining us at 1.30, but... It has definitely been a busy, busy day in his world. I am absolutely positive of that. But so, as of right now, I have zero updates that he is not going to be joining us at one thirty. So uh, there was a trade that happened during the break, uh, a minor deal that doesn't really implement the San Antonio what? Spurs, but the Pacers are finalizing a trade to send forward Torrey Craig to the Suns for Jalen Smith and a future second-round pick, sources tell ESPN. That's according to Adrian Wojnarowski and you know the the thing about that is uh, that's very similar to the framework that we always heard rumored about the Spurs and Thaddeus Young and, and I overall if it came down to the Suns sec- second round pick or maybe a first round pick for mm-hmm. Dario Saric and or uh, Jalen Smith I think the Spurs made the right move for Thad to get the Raptors' first-round pick because yes. he is somebody who can help a contender. And I think that the Spurs just helped two teams in the East sort of solidify their spot in the playoffs, and they're going to get their first-round picks that could be in the early 20s, late teens because of it. I like that these moves are also freeing up minutes. Dem Vassell mm. has proven that he should be in the starting lineup. 
uh, Josh Primo is now probably not going back to Austin this year with the moves that we've seen made. There are other potential moves. Jakob Pertl would be one of them. Of course, I could also see Lonnie Walker being a part of a move at some point. Um, Doug Dermott is a possibility of being moved, although I think of the three, that is the least likely of the moves that they will make. But I also see this as you, you say playing for the playing tournament. Sure, play for it. I'm I'm about it. Go for it. As long as the young guys are are given an opportunity to run at it. But if you don't get it, I'm also not upset because a lot it, it feels a lot like you're moving on from a lot of these veteran players giving the reins to the younger players, which can go one of two ways, but tra- Jakob Pertl's value will never be higher than it is right now. He has an extra year left on his deal. He is at a bargain right now. He is playing outside of his mind. I don't think that his value could get higher. I don't see why you wouldn't trade him, accumulate more assets in this draft, especially. Here's the thing. Right now, what the Spurs are kind of eighth overall in the league in terms of record. Right they, they are not in the area. play. They are not in the play in tournament. No, they're, no, no. They but are, they're, they're, they're looking at probably around the eighth overall pick. The way it's going, I think. But if everything were to fall status quo in the lottery, somewhere around the eighth to tenth pick, I could imagine it's in the seven to ten range. Yeah. You know what? Four first round picks also allows you to do trade up. Trade up if there is somebody like Paulo Banchero, Chet Holmgren, uh, Jabari Smith. Uh, Patrick Baldwin, somebody that you like near the top that you would like to get your hands on. It gives you ammunition for that as well. This is fantastic for me. I see this as the Spurs finally ripping the Band-Aid off. This this has been a team that, since Kawhi left, has been toiling around the bottom of the Western Conference playoffs. And then when you lost your other stars in DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge... It's toiling towards trying to make the play in, but you're still efforting it. Like you're finally ripping the band-aid off, getting rid of the veteran players and allowing that youth to develop. And I think this is a great thing for the Spurs and it helps to expedite the rebuild. What are your thoughts, Carl? You know, this was all about a year of figuring out what the Spurs had. It, it, It was a, Okay, Lonnie gets to kind of step into the sixth man role. DeJounte and Derek get to start together. Devin Vassell's going to build off of his rookie year and his sophomore year. Keldon Johnson continues to sort of be the small ball four that can kind of flex out to the three, depending on who's in the lineup with him. Jakob Pertl becomes one of those guys that really can do whatever he, he, you know, continue to build on what he's been building on and he's Mm -hmm. been excelling at it. Just unfortunately, it wasn't enough. You love what you see out of DeJounte. Mm-hmm. And you know that Devin Vassell has a lot of talent. Josh Primo probably is one of the best offensive talents that the Spurs have had in years. But they're, they're, none of them are actual, with the exception of DeJounte, bona fide all-stars. And you need a few of those to contend. And a quick reminder, Jeff Garcia joining us here in about 15 minutes. He's going to break down everything that's going on for the Spurs. But like you said, uh, I want to point towards what Michael Irvin said 
earlier today on R&R in the morning. If you missed any of that, the video is now available. Go to sasportstar.com, our big game coverage page right there on the front. You'll see the video of Michael Irvin with R&R this morning. They talked about scheme versus player and how the league and the NFL has shifted from my best dude's going to beat your dude. And that, you know, there are times that that's just going to be the play to more scheme heavy. My scheme is better than anything else. In the NBA, it has shifted the other way. It is about players, 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 players. Scheme is secondary when it comes to the NBA right now. It's about having stars and the Spurs simply just don't have enough stars to keep, to compete with the uppers of the NBA right now. And that's the goal is to sort of build that up. I, I wanted to note that I, I saw on Twitter and then I lost it that uh, apparently there's also a right to swap 2028 first round picks. So if the Spurs for have a, which, the, in, for the, which in the Celtics trade. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if in 2028 the Spurs have a uh, second, a first round pick that's in the late 20s and the Celtics have a, you know, pick in the early teens. There could be a swap there. I'll find out, uh, from a more official source. I was just scrolling the timeline and lost it. I didn't actually see who I read it on, but it is a fast and furious day here on the Twitter timeline. And for those of you that get push notifications, uh, here's the great thing too. This has got to be a fantastic day in the world of Brian Wright because you know, one thing I haven't seen today. That stick figure meme with the dude and a stick poking at the Brian Ryder. Come on, do something. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen that meme at all. <laughs> no, no. This, this has been the most active the Spurs have been on the trade deadline ever. In my lifetime. Yes. Uh, I, I was looking at it the other day, and it's like they've only made five moves since the 2005 trade deadline. <laughs> and. and that, that's fine. You, you know, some, with the position the Spurs were in all of those years, it made sense. What, I think one year they traded for Melvin Eli, mm -hmm. and another year they got Steven Jackson for Richard Jefferson. And, uh, I mean, there aren't too many trade. One time they traded away Theo Ratliff. Yep. <laughs> so, so you know, there weren't too many opportunities for big blockbuster trades because the Spurs had Tim, Tony, Manu, and Bruce, and, you know, good role players on top of that. Their roster was already built. Yeah. This roster... Uh, uh, it's a young roster, and it's going to only get younger with these first-round picks coming in. And, in and a there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, oh no, look there's at, no, look there's at the Memphis Grizzlies and the way that they built the roster. Jaron Jackson, uh, Bain. You look at Ja Morant. Like they built through the draft and supplemented later with free agents. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers have done the same thing. They built through the draft with Garland and, and Sexton and, and multiple high first-round picks. Mobley. And, Mm -hmm. Evan Mobley this past season, and then they went out and used some of that capital to go acquire Jarrett Allen and Laurie Markin in this offseason, and now the Cavs are a force in the Eastern Conference and firmly in playoff contention. The, a good team in a smaller market is built usually through a combination of the draft and free agency. You know, it's really a crapshoot, because draft and free agency are the only way you can actually you know, make your team build. So, so yeah. The, the, you no, have but to, I'm saying yeah, if I know what you you're look saying. At most, I, I, I most teams, they because the big market teams usually build it through free agency. You go out and you get the big name players, you pair them together, and then you try and put everything together on top of that, right? Yeah, well, yeah, there there are guys that there are teams that like, for example, the Suns sputtered from 
when Steve Nash was traded to the Lakers until they got Chris Paul. And they they hit on DeAndre Ayton, obviously, with the first overall Bridges. pick, although they could have gotten Luka Doncic. We won't talk about that, but that's how it goes. They made a good trade for Michael Bridges. They were able to develop a later lottery pick. I want to say Devin Booker was, what, 11? And yep. they, were, they were able to make Devin Booker the superstar that he is. So it isn't just making your you know, draft picks these top five guys and they might not become something because obviously there's plenty of examples of mid-lottery guys or mid-first-round picks becoming all-stars or even superstars. So really, it's the NBA. It's a crapshoot. It's a lot of development that comes down to it. It is a lot of trades. It is, uh, are you going to be able to sign a free agent that's a key free agent? Maybe if there's an aging superstar or a disgruntled superstar, you're able to make those trades. And you just hope that all the pieces fit together. It's really hard to contend. Spurs fans are so spoiled because they had so long with so so much success. So much success. You're never going to see the success of Tim Duncan again. I'm sorry. He set the record, along with Pop, for consecutive 50-win seasons. It's just not going to happen again. And honestly... This is the way to go about it. The, the Spurs sort of see <laughs> the writing on the wall. Unfortunately, this season didn't work out too great because I, I thought that they were going to be able to get 44 wins or you know be in playoff contention. A- and here we are at the trade deadline, and it seems that they're more sellers than buyers. And here's another important fact to kind of keep an eye on. The Spurs have three first-round picks currently in this upcoming draft, correct? That, as of this moment, yes. There's a possibility they could add a fourth. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you, with the trade deadline that at is least, now 40 minutes away from ending. At least a fourth. Correct. Or more, depending on you know Lonnie or whatever. But there's the possibility for more. Yes. Do you think San Antonio values this upcoming draft class? I would suppose so, but like you say, it just creates a possibility. Sure. It, you know, it creates possibilities more than anything because first-round picks in this era of the salary cap space are some of the most important things that you can have. And it, because you know what you're going to have to pay these guys for the most part. You know what the rookie scales are. And instead of, for for example, we were talking about Jalen Smith earlier. Yep. He's not as appealing as a first-round pick because we know what Jalen Smith is. There's something about a first-round pick that you get to select out of the guys that are, are left on the board this upcoming draft that seems to be better than, hey, we know what this guy is. And that's what the Spurs are sort of banking on is that sort of – uh, lottery ticket, if you will. You oh, never know who's going to fall the, where and be able to trade up or trade down or trade into the next draft. The unknown is so much more appealing than the known. Especially for us talk show radio hosts. <laughs> well, almost anybody. Like, the the, the unknown. Oh, like, Twitter it, loves it, I'm sure. Oh, It's not just Twitter, just in every aspect of life. The unknown is always... There's so much tied to the unknown and what it could possibly be versus the known. Look at deal or no deal. Deal or no deal is a perfect, <laughs> perfect representation of this. There is a guy sitting there that came in with zero dollars that has the offer on the table of 750000 or something like that or, you know, $300,000 because there's a suitcase that they still haven't opened. And then all of the sudden, next, 
they're like, I'm going to press my luck because there's possibly a million dollars in this suitcase I have. <laughs> the unknown is always greater than the known. Yes, and I, I've already seen on Twitter people are interested in getting the copyright for uh, Huevos Plancheros. <laughs> so we'll see if uh, you know somebody like Paolo Banchero will be coming to San Antonio and be a fan favorite with the Spurs because uh, – it does seem like the Spurs are sort of pivoting towards next year's draft. Mm-hmm. They're still going to give opportunities, obviously. I think, I think there are a lot of Spurs fans who are, have always been clamoring for more minutes for Primo and Vassell. And mm-hmm. it seems like that's going to be a situation that you're going to see the Spurs put in where they play those young guys a lot more. But just to recap some of the craziness, before we came on air, Thaddeus Young was traded for Goran Dragic, mm-hmm. and the Spurs were able to get a first-round pick from Toronto that's top-protected. Then James Harden was traded for yep. Ben Simmons. We'll save you the details. That's the meat of it. Uh, Seth Curry also went to Just Brooklyn. give me the meat of everything. Yes, and, and then we also have um, the Spurs trading Derek White for Josh Richardson in a first-round pick okay. from Romeo Langford. So, uh, busy a couple hours here on halftime, and there's still a lot more to come. Still a lot more to come. There are rumors of Jakob Pertl. There are other rumors out there. So, we'll keep you opposed. Jeff Garcia joining us next to break everything down and what could still possibly be in the move. It's been a busy day for him, I'm sure. He's probably glued to his phone like Adam Schefter and Adrian Wojnarowski. Mike Beans on our YouTube Live says, bring on Banch but of course, if you want to call the Kielbasa Bacon phone line, 656 ESPN 210 656 3776. Of course, they're always open to you, like Alex. Alex joined. What's going on, Alex? What do you think of today's moves by the Spurs? Guys, I think we have all, if you're a true Spurs fan, you've been clamoring for something like this for about 10 years. Because, I mean, they don't make any kind of splashes at all. And, and, you know, I've been saying since the beginning, I mean, Minix and a couple of the other guys thought I was a nut to say that Derek White needed to go. I mean, it, it just the writing was on the wall. You can't pay a guy that kind of money for what's been this year and the end of last year mediocre performances. You might as well start over and rebuild. And I love what they're doing. I mean, you have some really good pieces. You got Zach Collins, who was a bargain. You wound up getting, you know, uh, McDermott, who's a shooter. We have some good pieces on this team. I think it's great they're blowing it up and getting those draft picks. And the way the, the way that this team drafts, who could not be excited? I mean, you're looking at the potential three to four first rounders, and you're going to have a ton of cap space. Kudos to the Spurs for doing this. Appreciate the phone call, Alex. Of course, you can always dial them in. Voice your opinion on today for the Spurs. It's a big day in Spurs history. 656 ESPN, 210-656-3776. But coming up next, we're bringing you straight from the insider himself, Jeff Garcia, will be joining us next on Halftime right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Giving you an excuse for a long lunch break. This is Halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back to Halftime right here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. That's right, we got some new digits for you. Tune on in. We sound really good on that station. You can hear us a lot farther out too. I was out in the lake last weekend. Heard us crystal clear all the way out uh, there, out in Canyon Lake. That's nice. It has been a busy day. We have talked a whole, whole lot of basketball, which I understand Carl, 
This is your bailiwick, but it's also Jeff Garcia's, our man from Ken's Five, the Spurs digital reporter and host of the Locked On Spurs podcast. Jeff Garcia, welcome on to halftime. How are you doing, my man? Busy. Busy, busy, busy. Really? I thought. No, this isn't a busy day for the Spurs. You're supposed to just turn your phone off, take a nap. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. As a matter of fact, I was getting ready to go out for a nice run, nice crisp run on the treadmill, and then next thing I know, notifications are flying off the window. No, is it very clear, Carl James, what this team is doing? They they called it a day. Yes, they called it a day. Ripped the bandaid uh, off, as I like to call it. Ripped the bandaid off, it, and it, it was time. You know, it, it, James, I know you you texted me, you know, before we got on right now, and you said like, hey, you know, look at my tweet from previously, you know, about the PJ Washington, Pirtle, Kai Jones thing. Just yesterday, I tweeted out after the loss to to uh, Cleveland that the, the Spurs are now at that point where they have to do something about this season. Call it a day or really push for this play-in spot, mm-hmm. you know, the, the route they went. When you trade Derek White, what more do you have to see that this team is looking uh, to simply just really go all in on this rebuild? And, Carl, let's just face it. They're preparing themselves nicely for future moves in the immediate future, this upcoming draft pick. And in the future, let's just say either in the last 30 minutes or in the offseason. Um, I like this. this. They had to do this. this. This was needed. You look at last night's game, Carl, they just didn't look right. It's like something they were checked out, uh, just the way they were playing. And I think they knew. The writing was on the wall that um, you get the log jam at the guard spot. You got a guy named Primo who's promising he needs minutes. Get these guys' development, you know, out there, you know, and away we go. Bad Young, that was expected, you know, and nobody should be shocked. But what you should be shocked about, or pleasantly surprised about, our first-round picks are coming San Antonio's way. That's exactly what this team needed to do. This is exactly what this team needs to do in this rebuild. Get draft capital, whether that be just to keep them and pick where they're at <laughs> or flip them. Uh, with some of these young players they have now, you know, Romeo Langford, you know, maybe they can package him. And with you know, all of Romeo these picks Lang- that they've acquired, Jeff, yeah. now sitting with three in this upcoming draft, do you think yeah. this this upcoming draft in 2022 has some special meaning to them? No, oh, yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, but my thing is this, is that the one guy that I'm actually surprised is hasn't been moved is Lonnie. I thought for sure he would be gone. You know, maybe I mean, there's still time. In the next- 30 minutes, may submit the paperwork before uh, end of business day or in this case, uh, 2 p.m. Central. But I really thought that he would probably be one of the first to go. Was you know, I, I thought maybe Lonnie would be in that package to Boston, not Derek. But um, good on Brian Wright, good on him. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you're going to be a seller at the trade deadline, yeah. that usually means you're giving up the better player in the trade. So if you're a, a fan of the team, you want a good first-round pick. And mm-hmm. in this situation, Thaddeus Young, for a first-round pick that's looking to be somewhere in the late teens, early 20s, yep. Derek White to get off of your books, and you know Richardson's mm-hmm. on the last year of his contract next season. So yep. that means you don't have what was the longest-term contract right, 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 on right. the Spurs uh, going forward, you know, uh, Love, love D. White. That makes me a little bummed out to see him go, but he's going into a good situation. So the you oh, know the sure. Spurs did did right by him, and the Spurs get a 
top four protected pick yeah. from Boston. So that yeah. that's going to be a, a nice addition to whatever they end up doing this offseason because I, I've really liked how Brian Wright sets himself up for success but doesn't make bad moves. I don't think anything right. he's ever done has been a bad move per se. You know, uh, Marcus Morris, I think that might have been his first move as GM, mm-hmm. and that's not on him. That's actually a good move, if you ask right. me, and it yeah. just didn't work out. And that was almost the spiritual beginning of this rebuild because the Spurs mm-hmm. were coming off of the playoffs, and an upgrade from Davis Bertans to Marcus Morris mm-hmm. would have maybe made them a, you know, somebody that could contend for for home court. But then when that fell out, the Spurs lost their floor spacer, and and things just kind of went downhill from there. Now we fast forward to where we are today. The Spurs basically get rid of their oldest two players in Thaddeus Young and Derek White and mm-hmm. get two first-round picks out of that. So they're yeah. going towards the DeJounte Murray 25 years and younger timeline, and mm-hmm. th- that's okay. I think a lot of Spurs fans are happy that they mm-hmm. at least gave the young guys a shot this year. They didn't try to run it mm-hmm. back with Rudy Gay and Patty Mills and uh, De- DeMar DeRozan all in their 30s. They gave mm-hmm. their 20-somethings a shot, and then they said, you know what, we're sellers at this trade deadline. We're going to get a couple first-round picks for some of our older guys and let them yeah. be contributors on playoff teams. Right. And look, he goes, White that is, goes to Boston. There's a familiar face on that bench, Ime Udoka, Will Hardy. So there's some mm-hmm. familiarity there. So the, I mean, good on San Antonio to at least send them to a good, or at least a better team at this point. Uh, in, the, in the NBA calendar. And uh, look, um, Phoenix, what I was told was Phoenix was really pushing for Thad Young. I mean, to the bitter end, you know, they really wanted Thad Young, but the stickler was that draft pick. And uh, that's what it did. But, you know, all, since, since, since Thad Young came on board till now, at least when he was a Spur, uh, I was told that Phoenix was, was the spot that he would likely go to, but it looks like Phoenix just didn't want to cave in. Nevertheless, I mean, if you look at today's uh, moves by San Antonio, again, I get it. There's still more time on the clock. But if they stop right now, I think it's an A-plus. I think it's an A+. Plus. Yeah, you, you know, go, did great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one, one, one last spot on that. You know, I know Phoenix was always in the trade rumors for Thaddeus, but if they had gotten the first-round pick from Phoenix, that's a late f- last five pick in the first round. I think the mm-hmm. Toronto deal, A, keeps them with cap space because Dragic isn't expiring, which looks like he'll be bought mm-hmm. out, according to Woj. So they preserve their cap space, and they get a better pick. Home run by yeah. uh, Absolutely. Home run. Brian Wright. Home run. Yeah. Now, Oh, go ahead, James. Now, as we're talking about what, uh, what the great job Brian Wright has done, do you think he's done as we're approaching the deadline? Uh, and if done? not, like the, and if not, what could still be in the works? Um, I would say expect them to be very active come the offseason slash uh, NBA trade. Um, I'm sorry, NBA draft time, because. Carl, you brought up a good point. You know, they got younger. Well, they added two younger pieces with Langford and uh, I forget the other, uh, Richardson. They're still in their early 20s. You know, you can flip these guys. You can flip these guys with some of the second round picks they have, you know, to try to either A, acquire more picks ahead of the draft or bring in some established uh, younger players, so to speak, to this uh, roster. Um, Yeah, this is... If you don't really, mind, this is a very pivotal moment. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. You, you're you're spot on. Everything you're saying is right. We do have some breaking news. Can I interest you in breaking news? 
This is breaking news from San Antonio Sports Talk. Washington Wizards have been busy. A, they sent Montrez Harrell to Charlotte for Vernon Casey and a second round pick. And then the Wizards sent Spencer Dinwiddie to Dallas in exchange for Kristaps Porzingis. Wow. Wow. Well, there goes any hopes of uh, that uh, reported deal with P.J. Washington, Kai Jones, mm-hmm. and Chris Dave for Pirtle. I needed that to happen. <laughs> when, I, when, when, when Pledger showed me that, he texted me. He goes, yeah, check this out. I, I responded to him. I said, Pledge, this has to happen. Make it happen, Pledge. It didn't happen. I tried. I, think, I tried really hard. I think, I think, I mean, we gave the Spurs an A+. If they had pulled that deal off, I mean, they wouldn't A+++, two gold stars, and a happy face. Because, um, yeah, that, that first round pick, and, you know, and Kai Jones, and, you know, Adam with Primo, it would have been great, but Hey, it didn't happen. You know, I, I understand that sentiment, but also at the same time, Kai Jones has only played 16 games this year, all in three minutes per game is what his average yeah. came out to. Heavy, it, heavy G League. I, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I know I know. you saw some of the Greensboro games with Austin. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in the fourth quarter of a close game with Greensboro, which just kind of shows to me he really isn't ready to play at the professional level quite yet. I like his potential long term, but I kind of think you might be able to get more for Jakob Pertl, and if any, if anything else, he is still a nice piece to have with this team. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. yeah, you know, don't give up on this team quite yet, because while 2022 isn't going to, you know, yield a long playoff run, who knows what they can do this offseason, and Jakob Pertl could sure. be a very big piece for next year's team. Absolutely, and um, you look at now, you look at the Spurs in the immediate future, uh, this season and, of course, into the draft. One, this was a very pivotal moment in their franchise because I think if they just were typical Spurs and didn't do anything at the trade deadline, then we got a problem. You know, then I, I, my, my focus would have shifted straight to that draft offseason because here you go, Spurs, you got all this money, you got these young players, you got a guy, Lonnie Walker, maybe you could have flipped them, you know, well, you had that young, you know, what were you doing? But I think they salvaged this season. I think. Although the record doesn't reflect how good this season is, if I think if you were to ask, if you were to talk to me and Carl and James years from now, like, wow, look at the Spurs, they're in the playoffs. Look what they're doing. They're, 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 they're one of the youngest, brightest teams in the league. We would look back to this day in, the, in, in, in their history ahead of the draft and making these moves, acquiring draft picks, getting these first-round draft picks. And the writing was on the wall, James, Carl. Mm-hmm. You know, Juancho Hernandez, Gomez, Jazz, what did they get? Second round pick. Bryn Forbes, Denver deal, what did they get? Second round pick. Dad Young, Drew Eubanks, what did they get? Protected first round pick. It's another pick again. So this is how the team was built in their glory days via the draft. And this is the way they're going to get back to it via the draft. He is Jeff Garcia. You can follow him. His work is at Ken's Five. He is the Spurs digital reporter. Also locked on Spurs. Follow all, all the guys, stuff uh, at Locked the On. <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for taking time out of your yes, busy sir. day. I know we're coming up on the end of the deadline, so get ready and let us yep. know if anything else happens. All right, my man? Definitely. Talk to you guys later. Take it easy. That is Jeff Garcia of Spurs. Ken's 5 Digital. So one more note on that Porzingis deal. Mm-hmm. Former Spur Davis Bertans will be going to Dallas in the deal with Spencer Dinwiddie. That's uh, just a great coup for Dallas in terms of getting players that 
fit really well around Luka Doncic. We're going to come back and put a bow on the show after this, take you up to the minute with all the news leading up to the trade deadline. He is Carl Schoening. I am James Pledger. Jimenez on location out at Radio Row in Los Angeles. Our AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage, of course, always brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, the Nearside app, and... I said Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Did you say Texas Cheer Liquor? I did not no, say Texas, Texas Cheer, Cheer liquor. liquor because, let's face it, when this is all said and done, you may need a nice bottle from Texas Cheer Liquor. I know. I need to find out which one's the closest one to the station and go pick something <laughs> up to celebrate all these first-round picks Brian Wright's gotten us. And pour one out for Derek White. I- I'm going to miss D. White, one of my favorite players to watch. Let's face it. That's really why you're buying the bottle. For Carl Schoening, at Carl ESPN, I am at I am Pledger or follow the station at SA Sports Star, of course. Call us on the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines, 210-656-3776, or follow along on the feed, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search San Antonio Sports Star and subscribe. We'll be right back to let you know what's going down as the deadline nears its conclusion right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. This is Joe Reinagle. Jason Minix and I will get you caught up in the latest news, moves, and more this afternoon, 4 to 7, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back to Halftime right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. I am James Pledger, filling in for Mike Jimenez, along with my man Carl Schoening, as we take you basically up to the deadline. We're going to get you as close as we can. And just keep it locked for any other news that falls out right here on San Antonio Sports Star. The latest news happened during our interview with Jeff Garcia as... Kristaps Porzingis moves to uh, the East Coast as the Washington, D.C. Wizards will be taking him on in exchange for Spencer Dinwiddie and former Spur Davis Bertans. It looks like the Mavericks will also send a second-round pick to the Wizards as well, according to Woj. Now, is this... The first time in NBA history that a Latvian's been traded for a Latvian? It has to be. There aren't that many Latvians in the world, period. They only have like four million people in their country. That's crazy. That's a good, that's a good, very astute point by you there, Pledge. You're very welcome. Every once in a while, I bring something to the table. The Latvians are low key really good at basketball, but they're actually one of the best hockey teams in the world. But I digress. I look at this, and I like the move for the Mavericks. It's good for them, but we are getting very, very close to the trade deadline. The Spurs have been incredibly active, and there are only a couple of more minutes before we reach that deadline, about 10 minutes as we so sit right now. So, as we sit, are the Spurs done? Well, I don't think anybody's done until the bell rings because you never know what's going to come in last minute, what maybe was discussed earlier in the week that gets revisited now that mm-hmm. so many dominoes have fallen. Those might be the last options for you know a team to improve or maybe find a young piece, but I, I kind of do think the Spurs are done. You have to look at their cap situation. I, I don't think that there's really a situation where the Spurs will be maybe adding more salary cap space at this trade deadline. They've done a good job of getting first-round picks, and they got two first-round picks today. I think that you kind of – I'm not saying you quit while you're ahead because, you know, Brian Wright's going to obviously be keeping his phone on until 2.05, but after that, I I imagine – 
if you want to call it a day for the Spurs, then that's okay. But I think there still is potentially something still in the works. The 76ers, uh, according to sources on Twitter, say that they're still going to try and make some other kind of deal. So you never know if the 76ers maybe want to go for one of the Spurs players, I don't mm-hmm. know who, then that that would be uh, somebody that could potentially be a trade partner. But uh, you, you never know. The, 30 teams in the NBA, there's not going to be anybody with their phone off. Here's the real big question as we enter the final few minutes. If the Spurs are done, and we kind of assume they are, they've made a, a bunch of moves so far to this point, do you see Russell Westbrook being moved? At any point. No, uh, from what I've read about Westbrook, it seems like they're going to wait until the off season because they're going to be able to trade two more of their first-round picks. But the, the Lakers have already mortgaged so much of their future at this point. But it, here's the thing. When you bring in a LeBron James, isn't that what you're doing? You're mortgaging the future for current success. So so I, I agree with you to, to that extent. However... There, there isn't really a trade that the Lakers can do. They've been just dangling Taylor Horton Tucker out there for something, you know. Well, the it, problem is, and I think he would fit a little bit better. John Wall makes it better. The problem is, the Lakers are reluctant to include their 2027 first round pick, which is the only pick that they have remaining, thanks to the rule that you can't. Trade away consecutive picks in multiple drafts, and you, it, it wouldn't be a smart move by Rob Palinka and the Lakers brain trust to trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall because John Wall he's more of a question mark than Russell Westbrook. What if he goes out there and because he hasn't played that much, he hasn't played at all this year, he didn't play much last year. What if John Wall is not a answer that the Lakers are looking at, and they've given up another first round pick for a fail experiment? The Nets are going all in, right? I would say that they're going all in in a bad situation. They've already gone all in on, but they get they get some draft picks out of the James Harden Ben Simmons trade. If you're just joining us, mm-hmm. so with those picks and not being afraid of the luxury tax, could you see them bringing in some reinforcements in some way, shape, or form? The Nets with what they've acquired. I don't know why the Nets would want to make another deal. They got Seth Curry. They got Andre Drummond. They literally added a shooter, a forward mm-hmm. that can play point guard, and a center that can be a true backup to pretty much anybody that they want to start at center, if not their starting center. Andre Drummond's having a really good year. So I, I don't see the actual need for another trade for Brooklyn. But Philadelphia, yeah, all of a sudden they need to find a shooter. Look, we're getting extremely close to the deadline. It's going to be wild. Keep an eye out. Of course, go to the sasportstar.com right now. Predict the perfect score for the big game this Saturday, and you could win $50,000 brought to you by Deets Tractors. Of course, our big bank game coverage rolls on at Radio Row in L.A., brought to you by A Best Bail Bonds, the Nearside app, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Keep tuned. The Blitz is coming your way at 4 o'clock. Tons of good guests, including Warm Moon, joining. Don't go anywhere.